You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 75. If you are not already subscribed, you can find us at Geeks Unleashed everywhere, including your favorite podcast platform. Remember, five-star reviews help us get found by more listeners, so please rate and review Geeks Unleashed on Apple or Podchaser. And as usual, I'm Mark. And I'm Jasmine. And this week, we're also joined by Matt from Talking Pop Culture all the way from Australia. How are you guys? Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, cheers for joining us, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you jumping on as well. So, we got three continents uh, represented. Today. Three continents, different time zones. I know, I know, I know. Which has, yeah. which has proved slightly uh, difficult on my part to comprehend, <laughs> comprehend the idea of different uh, time zones. So, well, Matt's just, coming to us from the future, so you know. Yeah, he's, it's Saturday. He's got yeah. the inside scoop. Do, do you know what I was thinking about this earlier? Like um, Jasmine, I don't know if you remember. Um, was it last November? was the first time we ever did that we had um we had a guy called Derek on from Ireland and uh this is like we we I think we had it we've had him on one more time but other than that it's just pretty much the UK and America mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool that we've actually got three continents three different time zones all in one one yeah. channel basically so um so for this week's review we're reviewing uh the prequel to Army of the Dead and that's Army of Thieves and spoiler warning, if you have not watched Army of Thieves on Netflix yet, you might want to pause this and come back later, because we're about to ruin it all. <laughs> That's right. Uh, before we jump into the review, though, as I do with anyone that comes onto the, the podcast for the first time, is uh, put them in the hot seat, uh, grill them, you know, find out about that drug problem that they didn't tell us about. So uh, uh, <laughs> it's just a joke, don't worry. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> but, uh, but what, what I like to do is just find out more about you. Um, yeah. And to start with, just how, actually, just before we started recording, we were making jokes about, um, like, we don't have many, you know, sort of real life friends that, that actually like the similar things. Um, mm-hmm. But what, so that actually is more, more interesting for me to find out, how did you get into comic books? How did you sort of find that love of, of pop culture? Well, just as with everyone, Batman animated series as a young kid, when I first watched that, it's like, bang, you know, I started loving, like, my first actual favourite was The Flash. I've got a signed thing somewhere, um, John Wesley Snip back in 91. I was five years old then, uh, giving you my age there, but uh, I <laughs> fell in love with The Flash. The Flash is actually my favourite superhero. And then, yeah, when the Batman animated series, that's when I started seeing comic books, like I discovered a comic shop and then um, just started buying comics from there or asking Santa to uh, deliver me comics. <laughs> Jasmine, Jasmine's a big fan of the animated series, aren't you? Oh my God. Oh, it's amazing, I, like it's it to this day that came out in 1992, but to this day, that is still mm. one of the best cartoons that you could watch. Stylistically, oh, it, it still holds up really well. Mm. Mm. Watch it over and over again. I can never get sick of that one. Yeah. Oh, I I've never, I've never watched it. I used to be, um, what? I was the, uh, no, I've, I may have seen it in passing, but I, I love the Spider-Man, the animated series. I was That's what I used to watch. Oh, my God. I Batman, a, the animated uh, series, followed very closely by Batman Beyond. Man, I yeah. uh, actually have a, I have all four seasons of Batman, the animated series on DVD. I'm not fancy <laughs> enough for Blu-ray, uh, but I do have the, my first season autographed by Kevin Conroy. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. Oh. I don't think I realized that you had that. So you obviously met him. Yeah, I met him that year that I went to New York Comic Con, so it's been a while. <laughs> um, 
So with, with that love of comic books, I'd love to know how you made like the decision to start your own YouTube channel. Like what, what, well, um, that, that started off probably, geez, time flies two years ago, just as the pandemic whole started and we got locked up and I thought, you know, I'll start reviewing comics on um, Instagram. So I mm-hmm. started off Instagram, just reviewing comics. I met a bunch of guys from all around America uh, so we started doing um, podcasts on just um, Twitch. We do live streams. Just It was a virtual book club kind of thing. And then um, because like we are saying behind before we're recording, I just don't have any friend. Like I have one friend, but I don't have a v- massive group of friends that like all the things that I like. You know, they're more yeah. into their – I'm into my sports as well, but you no know, more of a love for the comics and, and film. And they're all, you know, cars, sports, drinking, all that kind of partying. And I'm just, yeah, I'm a bit, and they've also got family and kids and they don't really have time for all that stuff anymore. But <laughs> yeah, I met these, met these guys in, um, in America, we started the podcast and then I started my channel, the talking pop culture channel and just did it again to, to meet people. So we have a live stream every week where anyone can come in, you know, if you're a subscriber, you're more than welcome to come in as well. And it's just a place just for people trying to build a community, so people to chill out and hang out and just talk about the things that we love and enjoy. I didn't realize you, because I, I, I found you actually from your Instagram reviews. Yes. I, I used to see your Instagram reviews quite regularly. And um, uh, and I think I think it was something like I noticed that you made, constantly made a comment about, I get my comments, comics late because um, I'm in Australia uh, and, yeah. uh, like, and then uh, and then that, then I eventually made the, the sort of the move to start I've watched you watch quite a few of your videos on YouTube um, and then I, I've watched like, I've been watching them for months and I kept saying to Jasmine oh, we've got to get Matt Matt on the podcast so I like quite like watching his videos on YouTube um, so and then I've, I think I think I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago and said oh do you want to yeah. fancy jumping on and um, but yeah actually that, that's something um Oh, actually, I do want to ask you about the comics, but before yeah, I move on from you, before, well, yeah, well, yeah, they're expensive anyway. But no, before I move on from the YouTube channel, so I didn't realize you did podcasting as well as where where do you do your podcasting? Or do you, oh, do you still do it, it on um, on Spotify? Nah, nah, the guys, have, it's just gotten too hard, just people because there's like seven of us. Yeah, it's just gotten hard because just scheduling and that, and you know, some weeks there'll be two of us, and some weeks there'll be four of us, and then. So we've just all kind of just, we're giving it, we just yesterday decided to just give it a rest of a bit, but it was all on, um, uh, Manny did it on Spotify. Um, he's, he would load up on Spotify, iTunes, everything, put on YouTube. Ma- Ma- Manny, 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 who, Manny, who's that? Manny reads comics. Is his oh, okay. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, yeah, he sta- he's the one that started it all. He's the one, yeah. the original guy that started all. He invited people on Instagram to, um, they said, I'm starting this virtual book club. And I said, yes, mm-hmm. sweet. I'm on it um and then yeah so it all just all just went from there and then just decided you know what i'm gonna start doing youtube as well <laughs> like it just yeah it yeah. all originated from that kind of idea so i can understand though what you mean though having seven of you trying to i guess in different time yeah. zones like trying to manage that um is probably hard work so uh, yeah. but it's nice that you've obviously thought you know what though i do love doing this i'm gonna go and do my own thing so mm. and uh and then obviously you've been quite successful with your live streams as well you do you've, you've started I've noticed the last seven weeks you've been doing live streams and having guests yeah. pop on so yeah. uh a, a lot of people in the instance do live streams it's just a way of like hanging out with people so yeah and um and i'm like you i don't know many people in the real world that, that love comics <laughs> as much as i do uh in, in my life i have here and there met people in the uk that love them but then 
but people never seem to stick with it as much as I do. <laughs> like So um, starting this sort of platform online has been brilliant to meet people like yourself and find other people that love it. And me and Jasmine keep saying, hopefully one day we can all meet up at a convention somewhere and just grab some beers in the real world. So yeah. one day I'm sure we'll all meet up at New York Comic Con or San Diego or something like that. So uh, yeah, it's funny that you say that because I've planned that with the guys in America, but the thing is without, with my, with my, start my youtube thing we um i've met about seven people from the same city in my my city same part of my city mm-hmm. in melbourne and um they, they're also a direct mark variant they're called they they do you know podcasting and all that as well so we've decided on the 27th of november we're going to do a uh, like a pub crawl for comic shops we're going to go to all oh, the awesome. comic shops in melbourne cool. yeah um stipulation is you need to buy something because obviously we've been in lockdown for six months just to help them out you know, as well. So we've got to buy something, but yeah, again, if it wasn't for creating this, like you've done as well, like wouldn't have met those people, wouldn't be doing it. So it, it's a good thing to, to do, you know, to build a community and relationship with people. So yeah, yeah maybe you should crawl gonna... in a comic shop. I love it. I love that idea. You should tell the, I mean, obviously it's your thing, but like tell the comic book, uh, comic shops that you're coming and kind of do a bit of a, you know, maybe you could get more people involved because I see what you're trying to do. Like, let, let's support these comic shops that haven't earned money. And maybe, like, you could get more people involved in the pub crawl comic book thing. Like, Yeah, no, we just posted oh. to say, let people know in Melbourne if they're keen to come, they're more than welcome. Oh, that'd be um, awesome. A couple of comic shops have already offered us uh, 10% off when we get there too, so that's pretty cool. Oh, nice. Right. There oh, you okay. go. All right. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah, unfortunately, in London, the comic book shops just keep closing. So, um, yeah. uh, not going to add the pub crawl will be consistent like two shop, two or three shops now. So, my, uh, my local shop just expanded this year. Actually, they opened up their seventh location in my city. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. So, whilst doing YouTube over the last two years, and like, and do you know what? Your story is very similar to to ours, but also a lot of people's that lockdown started it's like we're not going anywhere let's start this but and that's kind of like me and me and jasmine we've known each other for years beforehand and we used to do like a blog together um so but we would but it cut but it, there was many things that it led to it closing but uh, i won't go into that now but we sort of kept in touch and it was like you we wanted to jump into the world of like talking again about comics and pop culture but i was like jasmine that's not right about it anymore that's not fun that's not fun <laughs> like let's just chat like and actually i to be honest with you in the last two years i've enjoyed this so much more than i have just writing reviews and managing people and all that kind of stuff and it's just been so much more fun to see here and just chat chat you know i was gonna say <laughs> trying to hold back the swear words well, i can't help it but chat the shit basically like and um so and so what I was wondering was yourself is obviously almost two years of doing it. Just what have you learned like, about, about this, about this world? Well, thing is I've learned more Marvel. So I'm like, it's just more, I'm learning more about like indies. Like I never yeah. read yeah. indies. Like I'm just, I was just, I was one of those DC fanboys. Like I'll admit, I was one of those, I hated Marvel. It was more jealousy <laughs> that their films <laughs> was a lot better than DC films. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a man. I'll admit my, I'll admit things. And, um, yeah, it just it was just learning that like indies, like I I knew they existed, you know what I mean. But just mm-hmm. learning, just learning more about other companies, other heroes, other stuff, and mm-hmm. just learning about that. Like, yeah, that's what I've enjoyed the most, and obviously meeting people as well. So getting other people's opinions and seeing other people's views on 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 matters that happens in comic books as well. And what about what about obviously? 
running a channel as well though like if you learn anything about running the channel like whether it's even just technology or like just in general anything like that like i mean oh, stream yards we use stream yards for our for our thing i but i'm pretty up to date with technology so yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> with the stream yards and that like all of us guys from well me in australia and the guys in america we all just chipped in together and got stream yards and just do it through that and yeah, just yeah, you learn about yourself as well when you're doing it. Like, yeah, when you because we're all different people from all different countries all around the world, we all have different, you know, cultures, different views and opinions. And that's what I've loved most about. It. And that's what I was trying to build on my channel like, build a community where people can just come, hang out, chill out, be themselves, say what they want, do what they I want. I definitely think that's true about the, the different cultures and, mm. and stuff like that. Like, um, so me and Jasmine, we have a monthly book club. Uh, we should have you back on it. Like, but we we um we, we tend to read like what are in speech once considered like essential stuff. But we've been, we've read quite a lot of um sort of um biography type stuff, you know, um, that's been put in graphic novel format. And there's so much that like we both agree that we've learned. So um, yeah, I, I definitely think. Then. I yeah. just learned something then. I've never knew there's biographies in graphic novel format. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's loads. Um, what's it? Uh, what's the Maybe. guy of the Star Trek? Oh yeah, uh, George Takei. So he wrote a book. Uh, they called this Enemy, which was about him as a kid growing up in the Japanese internment mm. camps that we had in the U.S. So just like nonfiction stories, but they're in graphic format. Um, we had on a guest for March, um, yeah. which is a book from. It's a graphic novel, but it's like a graphic memoir uh, about one of the civil rights leaders in the U.S. Um, so just like to being able to learn more about actual stories, but in a yeah. graphic format, like getting kind of getting rid of the idea that picture books. So I love good. reading. I love I love reading like his, learning about history and all that mm -hmm. stuff. But my problem is I, I don't not that I can't read. I just don't yeah. like to read. Like I like to see a picture of the scenario instead of someone mm -hmm. saying, oh, it was a dark, cold, lonely night. Like my mind just wanders off. Where if I got the picture and the speech bubbles, a lot more focus. <laughs> oh yeah, like that was that was the thing that we learned. It's just it's so interesting the the amount of nonfiction out there that's in graphic mm. novel format. It's it's really kind of fantastic because it is it does give you something that's a little bit more digestible versus read you know like reading a three hundred page biography with nothing but words and like mm. that's it. Oh yeah, like we we definitely think that that's actually made us learn so much more um i'll point you in the direction of some of those like afterwards but um what i'd love to know is actually about the sort of the the comics community in australia you talked a little bit about your your chain but i, I i'd love to just hear because I, I have actually watched your youtube video which i actually thought was really interesting but not everybody listened to this may have uh listened to that and i loved how you broke down why you mainly ship from america to the to australia like and just i don't want to say much more i don't want to put words in your mouth but just talk me through like you know how what are your buying habits and why you do them and I, I i know in the same video though you did say look i want to support local but it's getting to a point where it's difficult to support local um so and i i, I agree with you sometimes you know you've got to look out for yourself as well as it's kind of a combination of both so yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky. I was confusing myself with that video for the amount of figures and numbers I was throwing out there. <laughs> After I watched it, I was confused myself. I'm like, gee, did that make sense? But here in Australia, like obviously in America, you guys, well, I don't know how it works in the UK, but in America, your $3.99 cover book, mm -hmm. you know, we, we pay about $8.50 $8 Australian 
Um, you know, just for the record, an average job is maybe $24 an hour or something, $23 an hour. So one hour of work is three books if you work out like that. But it's just so expensive. Like in, um, I buy it from my comic shop online, my comic shop. Which yeah, is, I know them. Yeah, in America. Um, and they do the pre-orders. You get 35% off uh, if you pre-order the two months in advance. And then obviously we do the conversion. And it's just that the amount, like I've gone from only reading you know, I'll, I'll use a monthly format because I'm buying monthly. Like I'd probably buy 10, 11 books a month here in Australia by buying at the Australian shop because it's expensive. Like it's like I was spending, I was spending about 110, 120 bucks a week. It was just, it was just insane. And then buying it online, like my mate, the only mate that I have that likes comics was like, listen, there's a way, but we'll be a month behind because it'll get sent out every month. Um, and then he did it. We did it, and I was just like, "Wow, I've I've, I've tripled, quadrupled my pool list, and I've been exposed to all these indies and all more. I've been, you know, my Marvel list has grown. Like I used to have, you know, ten, twelve DC books. Now I've got my ten, twelve DC books. I've got about ten Marvel, got about ten indies, and it's just, it's keeps growing. Like I've still got more money. Like I've left myself a kitty to spend, and it keeps going. But it's just." <laughs> You know, those $9.99 cover books, man, $21, like 21 bucks Australian. And I, I get, you know, they got to ship it over. They've got to, you know, pay the cost to put on the rack, pay the staff members to, to work. And I get that, that they've got to make money off it. But yeah, it's, it's hard. Like I buy my trade paperback still from the comic shop because the shipping costs, because that makes the package a lot heavier. The shipping costs are a lot more expensive. If I was to buy trades in America, which mm-hmm. would be a lot cheaper, but the shipping would be more expensive. So I still support them by buying trade paperbacks, buying all my toys. So still support yeah. them there. I'm good mates oh. with the comic. I was going to the same comic. It was very, you know how it was so half mixed. I went to the same comic shop for about 11 years, every Saturday morning for 11 years straight. I stopped going uh, at that time. I, just got a partner and he's you know he would say as soon as you get a partner you'll stop buying comics and it was just ironic that it wasn't the partner it was more the fact that i started buying them from overseas <laughs> and it took me like three months to buy because he always thought yeah you got a girlfriend you got you got to spend your money in in you know with her and that and then it took me three months to just turn around and go listen i'm buying them online and i explained it like i explained in that video and he's like did you, you know feel what? like you I were cheating I don't on plan it? It. Oh, bad. You don't understand. Every time I went in there, <laughs> like I'd go in there maybe once every two to three weeks and, oh, like it's guilt. It, it, I've never <laughs> felt bad guilt. Yeah. I can understand that though. Like if you've been going there for so long and then to turn around and go, look, I've got to go elsewhere. It's just too expensive. You know, I was waiting uh, my foot off shopping at another comic shop, you know, because I've been there for 11 years. He thought, oh, maybe he found another comic shop. And I was just so worried about what to say. <laughs> uh, to be honest I, I i've been collecting comics now for well over 20 years there's been periods of time where i've stopped for different reasons but where uh, they've never been long but it's always been a period of time i think the longest time i did stop was when i got married um i literally had like no money like bought a house had a kid got married loads of shit and like i probably didn't read for almost two years actually that was horrible like and um but yeah i had but i've been going to the same shop at that point it was a shop in london i used to once buy i used to buy monthly because i 
I used to live outside London and uh, to go in and out of London every day, it was just a pain in the or once a week, it was a pain in the ass. I used to go in once a month. And um, and when I eventually left him, it was like you, but I was like, but it wasn't like I, I wasn't buying them at all. I just had to say, look, I just can't afford to buy them at the moment. <laughs> and, uh, and he was he was like, come on, man. Like, he's like, don't be tied down. I was like, it's not like that. It's not like that. Like, so. That's what I got. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's nothing to do with being tied down. It's not, I haven't been told not to buy them. I just know that I can't buy them. So, um, but like, so yeah, no, so it's quite cool to hear, like, obviously why you're doing it and stuff like that. But, and it's like, like you say, I think you've been saying it a lot though. It's about supporting local as well as trying to, unfortunately, you've got, got to look out for yourself as well. So, um, what, what I'd love, there's a couple of questions I'd love to ask you about sort of things you'd recommend. Um, so, we talked a minute ago about like essential graphic novels and um, we've, we've reviewed so far over 12 in our, in our sort of monthly series of essential graphic novels, but is there anything that you stand out as like an essential graphic novel that you recommend to people? And um, like, cause I, I always recommend fables or why the last man yeah. and, and stuff like that. Is there anything that you always I'm, shout out? I've only recently in the last six months, well, no, when reckless first came out by Ed Rawbaker. I don't know oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The third, there's Reckless Friend of the Devil, and I just got the third one last week. It's just over there. I haven't got my glasses on, so I can't read it. Um, the third one, but man, like, oh, love it. Like, this bloke is just insanely good. Um, after I read The Reckless and The Friend of the Devil, those graphic novels, I then jumped on his old stuff. Um, yeah, I read Kill oh, like Criminals. Killed. Yeah, I haven't read Oh, Criminals, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read Kill, Kill or Be, be killed. killed. Yeah, Kill or Be Killed was amazing, but yeah, like that obviously came out in a in the like a issue by issue. But the yeah. graphic novel, yeah. yeah, the Ed Broadbreaker one, Reckless. I can't recommend that enough. And Friend of the Devils, just as good. I haven't read the third one yet, um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, might have I, to, I, yeah. Like, I was just saying, might have to add those to our list because those are ones I keep like keep looking at. Like, well, we and, did um, one pulp. Yeah, Pulp came out Pulp, yeah, sorry. I've got Pulp as well because I love my Westerns. Really um, got that. That was really good too. I He's love Pulp so much. I bought it digital first, read it digital, and then I was like, no, 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 no. I got to have a hardback too. So yeah. then I turned around and I went and bought it in hardback also. Oh, yeah, Pulp, no, pulp that, was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first. Yeah, that would have been the first because Pulp came out before Reckless. So Pulp was the first Ed Rawbaker. And then I got onto um, Reckless. And then yeah. that, that trilogy, I don't know if there's going to be a fourth one, but. I think there is going to be a fourth one. I think there I heard there's going. To, I think I heard there was going to be a fourth one. So, um, so I somebody, oh, somebody online had the third book and they said something about the third book ending and it heads into a fourth one or something. So, oh, nice. and uh, I didn't know that either. But yeah, and I keep seeing those books. Keep thinking we should get them. Like so, yeah. Jasmine, Jasmine, we might have to add that to our uh, put it on the our, list, man. Yeah, put, put it on the list. list. Ever growing list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ever growing. So, um, just before we move on, though, like I'd love to hear from you if there's any anything that's been like your top reads or watches of, yeah. of 2021 so far. Anything that kind of jumps out at you is like Ordinary Gods. Um, it's only three issues in, or four issues in now. Oh, um, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've not read it, but amazing. I'm loving that. Um, as well as my westerns, I love my Kung Fu. So, Firepower by Yes. Yes. What's his name? Oh, oh Kirkman. Kirkman. Kirkman, Robert yeah. Kirkman. Yeah, Firepower. Absolutely loving that. And then uh, Kyle Higgins, Radiant Black. Loving really? Radiant did that one Black. turn around? Because we read the first issue and we, both of us were like, mm. we didn't like the yeah, first issue. A lot issues. of people got turned off by the first issue. It, oh, 
the second or third, the fourth issue is really good as well. It gets better, but like everyone has different views and different opinions, but I, I love it, Radiant Black. And yeah, those probably my, they're the three that go straight to the top of my list once I get my uh, big box of comics. <laughs> that must be like that. I'd actually love to see that when that comes. Like, how do you manage? So you get a month's worth of books yeah, in one go. Like, do you do you kind of like go through it all in one go? Do you have like a whole day that gets read, or do you then break nah, it out nah, over, so I'll, over I'll, a month? Um, I'll grab them. I'm gonna try to reverse it because the other some mates that I've met on um, online told me to put my favorite ones at the bottom. Don't put my favorite ones at the top. Yes. Yeah. My problem is I put all my favorite at the top. Once I read the favorite. And the ones that I'm not enjoying, I kind of just let go of. But I'll get the box. I'll organize what I'm going to read. And then I'll read two or three books just before I go to bed. It's my kind of relaxation, <laughs> my meditation. Yeah. To, yeah uh, no, it, that is a good idea, though. Like people make the mistake of watching TV and then or playing video games and then going straight mm. to bed. And then you kind of lay in bed for like half an hour where mm. I think when you read, you're starting to slow down. So um look at us becoming like sleep gurus here so <laughs> man i got insomnia so i wouldn't be <laughs> it takes me like two three hours to go to bed i'm in bed at 7 38 o'clock i kill two birds with one stone i usually fall asleep with my controller still in my hand okay oh, so take that <laughs> well as we said like i sometimes i'll just fall asleep on the sofa so i'll be watching something and then wake up and i'm like frick i've done it again so anyway Cheers for sort of giving me a bit of a rundown, uh, you know, uh, on yourself and where you, where you are in, um, in the comics world. And um, we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment. Have you ever dreamt of being a superhero? Legends of Superhero Story is a new actual play podcast using the Legends Superhero role-playing game system, available on all podcast platforms. This exciting new superhero tabletop RPG follows our Game Master Jack and our fledgling heroes played by Chad, Emily, Amanda, and Daniel as they work their way through their origin story and beyond. Listen in as they discover their powers and abilities. Let's hope they learn to work together as a team in time to save the world and truly become Legends. Legends of Superhero Story is available on all podcast platforms. For more information, follow us on social media at The Legends Cast or visit our website, www.matchplaygames.ca forward slash The Legends Cast. I can only be in their system for 16 seconds at a time without them detecting me. Um, okay, um, uh, not to be all Johnny New Guy. Not an expression. But this sounds much riskier than Paris. Are we sure it will work? It will theoretically work, yes. Theoretically? So we are back. All right. We're bringing it on. Army of Thieves, a prequel directed by Matthias Schweighofer. Uh, screenplay by Shay Hatton. <laughs> story by Zack Snyder and Shay Hatton. It is based on characters created by Zack Snyder. Uh, we were talking about this before we started recording. I, Before I watched the film, I was unaware that Snyder did not direct it. I assumed that he directed this one as well, but he did not. Um, so again, it stars Matthias Schweighofer, Natalie Emanuel, Ruby Ophie, Stuart Martin, Goose Khan, and Jonathan Cohen. So before we jump into it, like, uh, Matt, have you watched the original Army of the Dead? First one by Zack Snyder or the one yeah. like 10, 15, the one 10, 15? No, I know, the one, the one that came out like this year. The, the, yeah, that's connected yeah he film. was, 
I was just speaking um, to Jasmine um, before we're doing it. He was actually here in Australia before we went to lockdown promoting it. Well, I wasn't here. He was doing a live video feed talking about his film just as I think it was two, three days after it came out on Netflix. Um, so he was at, yeah, one of our comic cons talking about it. So I saw it that day that it came out because I didn't want to get any spoilers when <laughs> I went to the, uh, to the Q&A session at Comic-Con with him. Okay. But I was just bringing it, Jasmine. I didn't know Ma- Matthias. I'm not even going to attempt his last name because I'll butcher it. I didn't know he directed it. <laughs> I didn't know he directed it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he did. Which, wow. which was, I found a lot more impressive, I guess. Like, I didn't realize yeah. that he had that kind of, like, honestly, I, it's cheating jumping ahead, but, like, I, I really love the design and, and the way that, like, they did flashbacks mm. in this one. I, I thought that mm. was really, really great. Definitely. So, yeah. Before, yeah, before we jump into it, like Jasmine said, like what? So when you watched Army of the Dead, the obviously the one that came out this year, not any previous Armies of the Dead. Um, like, what are you, what were your thoughts? Did you enjoy that movie? Not really. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what I gave because at the end of the year on our sh- on our show, we're going to do our top ten shows, top ten movies. Um, I gave it a five out of five out of ten, five point five out of ten. Um, oh, that's way different from what we scored it. Oh, we loved yeah. it. Yeah, we did. Uh, it? See, I'm different. I, uh, this one I'm giving about seven, seven. Eight. I love this one a lot more better than Army of the Dead. I, I don't know if it was just because it went a little bit too long. Yeah, um, that was the thing. We really long. Yes. It was yeah, that was yeah. the one thing. Yeah, that was our one. I think that was our only real criticism of Army of the Dead was the two and a half hour thing, and we could say they could have sort of maybe done twenty minutes off of that. And it'd been probably a lot better. Like you know. forty minutes off, and it's, it's been <laughs> fine. Like that movie was entirely too long. It mm. really was. And the acting was the acting was good as well. Like I was very like I'm a massive wrestling fan. Um, I was very surprised with Batista's because he's not playing that big muscle. He played that more of emotional kind of guy, and mm. you saw that kind of soft side to him. Like I enjoyed that, but it's just I don't know. It's just I try to watch it again for a second time because when I don't like movies, I try to watch it again. Even when I do like movies, I watch them again just to try to make sure that, you know, my opinion can be changed. But, yeah, I just don't know. There's just something about it. I don't know. I Like, the layout of it was really good. I liked the way it was directed. But I just felt that the story could have been a bit better. Like, the cinema photography was really good. Mm-hmm. I just feel the story could have just been a little bit better. Uh, don't yeah. ask me what I would have changed because I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think the only, I, I actually think most of it, I, it. It's difficult to say. Like we both say, you know, all three of us agree it was run a bit too long, mm-hmm. but it's difficult to pick what you would have cut. Like I think so. What... Well, the middle. I've, I enjoyed the middle and the end a bit more than the start. I think maybe the starts what. Maybe yeah, they did take. Enough. They did take a long time to get into it. But, yeah, but then I like the introduction of the characters, so maybe they could have trimmed down the introductions. I would have so. cut out a lot with the zombies, honestly. I mean, I would have mm. cut out all of the part with the daughter going to find the people that were in the camp. I'd have cut all of that out. I would have cut yeah. out the whole like ritual in the pool with the zombies and the turning of the zombie. I'd have cut all of that out because I think it just stuff like that. It's better left to mystery like there when it when there's some mystery to it right when you don't know what's going on um hmm. so there i would have cut out a lot of the zombie stuff honestly. unless unless it's important to later on because there's obviously a third movie to come isn't there so we don't know how important it will be 
to later. We, I, it may turn out that it's not important at all. So uh, anyway, uh, I watched Army of the Dead, I think pretty much. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Jasmine and me, we did a review on it when it came out. Uh, had no idea four. at that point. Out of five. Yeah, four out of five. And um, that was when we were averaging scores. Now we tend to basically we used to before we recorded, we used to heat it, heat it out and, and then put an average grade out. And uh, now now we're going. No, I actually said to her, do you know, what? I think it makes it much better for listeners. Just hear me and you argue over a grade. Because we hardly like, ever have the same grade for anything. Like so. And uh, well, no, sometimes we do like go there or thereabouts. But some but sometimes like we'll watch something and like jasmine will be like yeah five and i'm like one like or <laughs> like actually i think that only happened with mortal combat like mortal so. combat it's fantastic it's a five i don't care what you say <laughs> so. you don't want to know my rating for that then but anyway um, reason be damned mortal combat is no I, no I want to know now matt what would you give mortal combat <laughs> i gave it a, didn't even, uh, a four out of ten. Oh, that's still like... better than mark's one out of five yeah, I was like <laughs> one out of five. I was like, I think that was when we were getting to the point where I was like, I think we should kind of stop averaging. Maybe we should just <laughs> like do our do our own on the episode, which um, I think is actually quite good for people listening to hear like both our thoughts rather than here's an average score. But anyway, um, Jasmine, obviously, yeah, you you watched Army of Dead as well, and um, yeah, so I, I um, like the world that Army of the Dead created. Uh, mm. I love that we got intelligent zombies. I thought that was a little bit different. Sometimes we get fast zombies, which fast zombies really freak me out. Yeah. Um, but like, not only were these zombies fast, but they had like a hierarchy and they had some kind of depth to them. So I thought it was really interesting the way that they played the monsters. But what I love most about Army of the Dead was that it was literally a movie about a heist. Like, and it just happened to be set in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Uh, so I thought that that was really kind of cool. Heist movies are one of my favorite like genre of thriller films. Um, man, if you if you've not seen the Thomas Crown Affair, do yourself a favor and no, go and watch that. the Thomas Crown Affair. That is one of the best heist movies ever made. You could watch the original or you could watch the Pierce Brosnan one. They're both fantastic. Thomas Crown Affair, that's my recommendation for high school. I love heist movies, like yeah, things like, like the Italian so job. Yeah. Like, yeah. I even, I, I love the original, I love the remake. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you know, to be honest, the, the score, I'm so, I do love heist movies. I do think it was really clever to do a heist movie and a zombie movie in one. Right. I was like, what, what a unique blend of genres. Yeah, like, that's who a genre mashup thought? I didn't know I would enjoy. And I really, <laughs> I did enjoy it. I mean, other than the movie being a bit too long and some of the, some of the things just not making any sense at all. Uh, overall, I just thought it was such a unique mashup that it was hard not to like it, for, in my case. I was yeah, liking, definitely. Jasmine, how you said the zombies were different. I liked how they had feelings. Yeah. Like when he's baby and like all the things that happen, yeah. they actually had feelings, these zombies. And that's what I, I liked. They weren't just dumb, kind of. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. They were a lot more smarter. Yeah. Walking Dead zombies to me are not scary. Like they're, it, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Black Summer. Now that is a is a is a world of zombies you just wouldn't want to be in um so they run they they and they don't just run they they they're like they're like the flash is probably too extreme but they are they are like they're like they're like olympic runners on speed like that's just nope. like what they are nope. like you know so um that's what, what stressed it? me out so bad about world war z and 28 days later that. like those zombies move way too fast. And then I, I finally watched Train to Busan. Um, I, I, 
God, that movie gave me nightmares. I was like, I don't ever want to get on a train ever again. Like this is this is insane. Um, so let's leave our thoughts there. We're not gonna review Army of the Dead anymore. Um, but Jasmine is the, the master of summary, so I'll hand over the <laughs> she's gonna sum- summarize Army of Thieves before we break it down. All right. Let me see if I can live up to that introduction. <laughs> uh, so Army of Thieves, we follow a character from the first film. Uh, however, we learned that he has a different name in Army of the Dead. He was called Dieter, uh, Dieter Ludwig Dieter. Uh, and in this film, his name is actually Sebastian. So Sebastian, he's an amateur safe cracker. He leads a very mundane, boring life. He does the same thing every single day. But he has a hobby, and his hobby is uploading videos to YouTube talking about his favorite locksmith of all time, who happens to be a fictional, Hans Wagner. And Hans created this series of safes that are based on the Richard Wagner opera, The Ring Cycle. Uh, So all of the safes have all of these complicated names, but they each get progressively harder to open. So basically, it's sort of like the legendary story of the safes, right? It's almost like Indiana Jones and like the last crusade. Uh, you're, you're looking for that one goblet in like this sea of crap, right? So <laughs> the point of the film is like, he, he is just a fanboy basically. So uh, he gets approached by Natalie Manuel's character who is Gwendolyn. And she's like, look, if, if you're as good as you say you are, then I got something that I think you'd be really interested in. And he's like, uh, okay. So her goal is not to just steal the money that is inside of these giant safes, but she also just wants to become like this legendary thief. Uh, but legendary in the sense that she has cracked the four Wagner safes. So the first safe is the Rheingold. It's the easiest, it's in Paris. Uh, the second one is the Valkyrie, uh, a little bit harder. That one is in, I think that one was in Prague. Prague, yeah. The Siegfried uh, is even more complicated. That one is in, I think that was Switzerland. And of course, the coup d'etat, the Gotterdammerung, which is the safe that they crack in Army of the Dead. Um, so this being a prequel, it. I thought it had a really nice kind of lead in to Army of the Dead, uh, but that's that's pretty much it. It's the, we we basically get Dieter's backstory on how he became this master safe cracker, uh, like secret that no one really knew about um, in the first film. He's the only character that kind of comes over. Then at the very end of the film, they kind of piece together the introduction that we yeah, get later, yeah. Dieter uh, in Army of the Dead. But basically, that's it. It's his backstory. Um, and how he became the basically their a- their ace in the hole in Army of the Dead. I do love about like these heist type films, so like how they're always set in these places in Europe. And um, so, thank you for summarizing. Well done, Jasmine. And I, I will go go around the the virtual room, but just initial thoughts on this movie. Like we'll start with our guest Matt. What are your sort of I guess two minute thoughts on this movie don't 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 rate it or anything like that just like your overall thoughts oh i actually really enjoyed it i like as soon as uh natalie uh emmanuel emmanuel Emmanuel, i'm really bad at pronouncing last name so i didn't know she was in it and she's one of my favorite female actresses so as soon as i saw her in it i was like oh sweet this is already going to be good um but matthias the guy that plays sebastian he's just acting in it was just sensational like 
I really he was my favorite in uh, Army of the Dead, and oh, that's why I was kind of happy about you know getting the prequel with him. And he was just the way he is in it. He's just amazing, and I kind of laugh because you know him being a YouTuber guy and you know having the zero views. I'm like, gee, that takes me back to when I first started. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's like that now as well, but <laughs> you know, and he's just he he could really carry. Like I'm just blown away that he directed it as well now. Like I did not know that, and just knowing that he captured the right moments as a director as well it just makes me enjoy the enjoy the film a lot more. But I love the story. I love the whole heist thing. Absolutely loved it um i also liked um brad cage <laughs> named after brad pitt and um cage. <laughs> cage. <laughs> i actually enjoyed it like i like bad guys in the films i'm one of those guys that i like bad guys too so he 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 made me laugh that bloke uh, he reminded me of johnny cage kind of from uh mortal yeah. kombat so, yeah yeah he, He's, uh, he's, he's like he was like a hybrid of all these different yeah like, like you say like uh well, action, he was obsessed with heroes. being like an american action hero so there yeah. you go yeah so i, I really yeah, absolutely enjoy this one a lot better than the first one and i, I actually really hope that um not just because she's my favorite actress that maybe we get a spin-off with her you know what happens huh. with her because obviously she's locked up now so maybe because i'm gonna be really bad did he die in army of the dead yeah. No. Well. No. No. Well. Didn't. Well. Mm. No. It's hard to say. He pushed. No, we always say Jasmine. If no, there's I know. No body. No, but there was a nuclear bomb. Okay, <laughs> that that like. Yeah. Uh, that makes things a little bit more complicated. But he pushed Omari Hardwick's character into the safe, and then he got captured by the king of the zombies at yeah. the end, and then the bomb goes off, and so like we have no idea. If the zombies survived the bomb going off or not, but there there was no went, body. He could have went so. back in the safe. He could have went back in the safe. He could have came out, saved him. We don't know, but yeah, I hope maybe Possibly. another film, him breaking her out of jail or something, if he's still alive, or just I, I would like. No, a, no I th- I thought. Sorry, I'm I'm I I didn't watch. I didn't. I I'm sure didn't he go in the safe? No. He pushed Amari Hardwick in the safe. And he pushed Amari oh. Hardwick in the safe. Oh, okay. Sorry, I got confused. I thought he went in the safe as well. Nah. Uh, I remember okay. him getting captured, but like you said, they never showed. Like, well, we, I remember that. They showed him bitten. getting bitten, but they didn't show, like, but that, but the king zombie could turn people into, you know, like intelligent yeah. zombies. So like, maybe he got com- conscripted into the army of the dead. Who knows? Like, if the, if the nuclear bomb didn't get them, then it's possible that yeah. Dieter or Sebastian could still be alive. It's possible. Hmm. And I like oh. that Karina, the girl who played Karina. Like oh, yeah, she the, was fun. The oh, IT. Yeah, yeah. It was great yeah, cast. Yeah. It was, they all had great chemistry. And that's what I love. Like when I watch films, the, the if, especially when it's a big cast, kind of all having the same amount of roles, they need to have that chemistry. And uh, 100% this show had, had all that chemistry. I agree. Yeah, no. What about, so what about you, Jasmine? What are your summary, summary of the movie? I absolutely loved this film. Like I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it, but the this film reminded me so much of Ocean's Eleven with mm. the way that they told the story and with the way that they show you how the plan is laid out versus talking you through the plan and then showing you how the plan plays out. So, so one of my favorite uh, parts in the way that that was all like play, planned, I guess, is the very first heist in Paris, the the smallest of the banks, the smallest of the safes. 
and how Dieter, of course, no, Dieter, Sebastian is always like, no, I have questions. Like, are we sure this is going to work? And, you know, he's being his normal nervous self. And there, she's like, well, do you want to talk through it again? And he's like, yes, yes, I do. So <laughs> as they're talking through it, we're actually going through all of the motions on screen. And then we come back to the van and he's like, this is never going to work. And then she looks down and he has a bag of money in his lap. And she's like, but it's already done. And I was like, that is brilliant. That is so, that is such a really cool way to tell the story by like giving the audience the information without having to like repeat yourself because <laughs> you've given us, you've gone through the plan, you've given us everything again. And by the time we come back to the present, it's like, oh, but we're done. Like it's, it's so tongue in cheek, but it was done so well. Um, and so I really love the way that they kind of space those things out. I also love the way that uh, Sebastian tells the story of the safes and how they flash back to Wagner making the safes and, and just like the amount of detailing that they put into the story behind each one of these massive things. Uh, I just, I really love the way that they told the story in this one. And this, this was long, it was over two hours long, but this film didn't feel long mm. like the first one did it, it like once it started it was just kind of like once we got to that safe competition at the secret place uh it was just all uphill from there like there there were no lulls there there was no like uh, we could we could have left that part out um yeah. so i just it, it flowed really well i i enjoyed it uh the cinematography was great it almost felt like uh like a, a bond slash fast and furious film if, if they were like mashed up together into like a, their own genre. But I think that had a lot to do with them filming in and around like the actual places where they were in supposed to be in, in the film. So they did a lot of filming in Germany and in uh, the Czech Republic. So it's it great. The scenery was great. The, I love the dialogue. I love the tongue in cheek. Mm. I really enjoyed it. I really did. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this one. And yeah. the fact that he got his name from a comic book that he was creating. Yes. That's how he got I his name. I love that. Yeah, that's where he came up with his fake name of uh, Ludwig yeah. Dieter. Yeah, I, I was going to say, jumping on, I don't want to say too much more than what you guys already said, but I really did enjoy this movie. Um, I thought it was great. I liked the fact that it was more of a two-hour film. Um, I think there's certain films that you need two, two three, four hours. Um, you know, Lord of the Rings, I, I'll never complain about how long those films are. <laughs> um versus the hobbit that was unnecessary um so um i mean i mean i, I we're not gonna talk about it now but i watched june this week two and a half hours long that should have been like a four-hour movie like they should have the, the, the studio the studio should well three or four hour movie the studio should have been brave enough to pull the trigger on that like because apparently he wanted it to be longer and the studio said no so anyway um this movie i think was actually a good good time like two hours ish i think it was just a couple minutes a couple minutes more than two hours mm -hmm. i loved the whole style of this movie like um from like i i didn't mind the slowness at the beginning just and i love the fact that kind of it's it's driven home to you like another boring day mm -hmm. and, and one of the things that really jumped out at me was um 
when he laid down at the night in his pajamas, and his pajamas matched his bed sheets. Oh my god, that popped um, out at me too. I was like, "Who does that?" <laughs> I know, but that I think that was to really drive home how boring his life was. Yeah. That you would match your pajamas to your bed sheets. Like no one would do that. Like no one would have that attention to detail. I don't even care sometimes if I put sheets on the bed. If I'm tired, I'm tired. Like you know. Um, but but I guess if you're living on your own and you've not got a lot going on. That's kind of what that's my mind started to work around why, you know, the bed sheets. Why would anyone do that? And I'm like, well, maybe if you're living on your own and you're you've already said another boring day, maybe these things just help help you get through a boring day. Um, but you know, earlier we talked about the, the different characters. I love the introduction. So when uh Gwendolyn is introducing um sort of Dita to her sort of ragtag group, I loved even the the sort of the the wording, you know, the um the typography that comes up on the screen. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, and just like, and then sort of, I, I love the constant use of flashbacks throughout the movie. So, I mean, me and Jasmine have talked about flashbacks in previous episodes and how not not everywhere is suited to flashbacks. But I love the, the flashbacks and how they worked through the movie. And I, I love how we start with sort of small um, uh, heists building up to the large big one. Uh, and also like uh, Matt, I agree with you on the villain or almost like the two villains. And I loved how it linked into an overall movie in, in part of a sort of a universe type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we'll break it down more as we go, but I just, yeah, I equally I enjoyed this movie. I started to think like, it's such a shame that this goes straight into Army of the Dead. I thought I could have happily have had another prequel of this. Like, you know, and like, ha- you know, I could have happily have had maybe more of, you know, another heist movie or something. It would have to have been well done to have fitted in another prequel, but um, or maybe we'll get another prequel. Maybe we'll get to find out what happened to their their safe cracker. Like, you know, maybe we'll go back even further or something. Because you said, you know, it'd be great to see a Gwendolyn prequel or a Gwendolyn movie. Maybe we'll get a Gwendolyn. Uh, or maybe Netflix will do what they always do. Maybe they'll give us an anime. Uh, actually, there is going to be an army. There is going to be an army of the dead anime. There is going to be an army of the dead anime. But that probably will be the zombie thing. But I was thinking more like how cool would it be if they gave like Gwendolyn her own anime movie or something like that. So um, the anime was about how the zombies become created. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you are looking for an anime that is about heists, then you should watch The Great Pretender. It is fantastic. Right, okay. We just talked about characters. Matt, who's your favorite character of this movie? Uh, Gwendolyn, is that a, a question? Of course I'm going to say her. I love her. She's my friend. Nah, her. Like, and why? Like, it, like I want to say um, Brad Cage. Like, like. Go on, say Brad Cage. Go on. I want to say Brad Cage because I, I just own it. the way he was. Yeah. I just like, like the way he acted, like, you know what I mean? Like when so. I look at it like that. Like if someone plays a really good character, they become my favorite like that. Like, don't get me wrong. Sebastian in, in this is amazing as well. And Gwendolyn is really good, but I don't know if it's just that I felt more drawn to Brad, uh, Brad Cage, but I, I like this character. I like it. For some reason, I really liked it. There's nothing wrong funny. with liking the villains, man. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. He's just, he was just like, the, like cocky, arrogant, you yeah. know the smart ass jokes like yeah. yeah like i was really liking him and when he turned you know bad at the end i thought like i wouldn't really count uh what's his name who's the driver what was his ralph. name ralph i oh, wouldn't ralph, count him ralph, yeah. i think he had he was just scared to 
to go against yeah. Brad yeah. because he, he was more, more of a, of a lackey. Like he just kind of followed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but he yeah, he, lucky, he, yeah, he he just oh, for some reason I felt more drawn to him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually see him turning against them coming. I yeah, I, right. I, I I thought there was going to be a bust up. But like, I didn't think it was going to go with them splitting into two groups and stuff like that. I thought they were going to do all the heist together, and the detective was going to be the main sort of uh, nemesis. He wasn't—he wasn't the bad guy type, but I thought he was going to be the nemesis in the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize we were going to kind of end up with two nemesis: the the detective um, whose name I've forgotten—is well, it Interpol? Uh, yeah, and um, he's really bad. He's trying to stop it, the bad. Guys. Well, no, he was no, he wasn't the bad guy. But he was more the foil for the for the group of, of thieves. So mm. I thought I thought, but yeah. So this kind of movie did need a villain because it actually in this movie you were rooting for the villains. So <laughs> they they kind of needed a villain where it, you know the Interpol agent really was doing his job. So you couldn't really root against him because really you know he should be catching bad guys. I so, was totally rooting against the Interpol guy. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. That's the way the movie had been. But that's the way that's the movie had been designed. Things, yeah. Like it's been designed for you to root for the bad guy. So although, but you kind of they were nice thieves, so to speak. And like the fact that you know Gwendolyn even took the ammo out of um, Brad Cage's guns. So uh, you know because she didn't really, she didn't want to hurt anyone. She just wanted to steal the money. So um, anyway, yeah, I think it was a good choice, Brad Cage. He was a he, he was a great character, to be honest. Uh, and I, I did love his introduction when it came up, Brad Cage. And I was a bit like, Brad Cage? I was like, yeah, everybody else had like a regular name. And then you get to yeah. him and Brad Cage. Oh, God. <laughs> like, really? Brad Cage, that was like awesome, really, as a name. <laughs> well, so who's your, who's your favorite, Jasmine? Dieter. Brad Cage. Uh, <laughs> well, Sebastian, sorry. Yeah. I keep calling him Dieter, but yeah, Sebastian, my favorite. He was my favorite in the first film. He's my favorite in this one. He's just impossible not to like i mm. mean i just it, like his nervousness the way that he jibber jabbers on at like the way that he gets so engrossed in like what he's doing i just i love his quirks i love his quirks it reminds me uh, of a cool uh, mr bean yes <laughs> yes <laughs> like a modern day mr bean <laughs> he <has laughs> the same kind of faces that uh mr bean pulls but yeah for sure like the, the like almost like the bumbling idiot right hmm. yeah i i i'll be honest with you I, I i was torn like for ages i i did love ruby uh sorry uh, uh, Ru, ruby um uh karina uh i did love karina i did think she was quite feisty but i'll be honest with you i i think gwendolyn was my favorite character in this movie and i'm like you i think she's an amazing actress and do you know what like obviously as a as a british man I like to see the brits coming up there and and to <laughs> think of her origins was a british soap uh hollyoaks so i i'll be honest i don't really watch soaps but like to, to know that she's from britain and and like been in a couple of things she literally went from like um, I've got her IMDb up in front of me, but Hollyoaks, and she did like one episode of Misfits, which I also love. And um, and then suddenly she's like, I think she did, she did something else, and then she's suddenly in Fast and Furious Seven. That was like a bit uh, a big thing. Else, she was in Game of Thrones. 
No, 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 no. Like, uh, I only watched Game of Thrones, but I loved her in Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I knew she was in Game. Sorry, I knew she was in Game of Thrones. Sorry, I just had her IMDb up in front of me. I don't know what this other thing was. Twenty eight K. I never heard of that. Um, but she's been in loads of things that I love, like Maze Runner, uh, one of the Maze Runner sequels. I love all the Fast and Furious that she's in. I, lo- I actually think she does comedy really well in the Fast and Furious franchise. And and then, but she's obviously not in the main frame in fast and furious i think the last one though it was quite good that she got put like it was quite funny that she got put in the driver's seat and was like i can't drive uh, <laughs> i did think that i did think that was actually quite good but to actually make her pretty much the star of this movie along with uh sebastian uh you know it was like a dual hander between the two of them she handled being the main star of a movie i think really well like and i think the way she handled comedy in this it wasn't she wasn't outright comedy it was just done just done subtly and her cleverness of her role i think was really good and how she i think the the combination um of of sebastian and gwendolyn their chemistry between the two of them was just really outstanding for me i think they worked really well mm-hmm. um so yeah i just I, I enjoyed seeing her on screen um and also it's nice to see that she's getting recognized more uh, as a someone who can lead a franchise and it actually did get me thinking like 15 to 20 years ago you probably wouldn't have had such strong female leads in a movie like this Mm -hmm. they would have been more girlfriend and i actually have to say like i love seeing the fact that we where we are now as a society that we can actually be comfortable like seeing female leads i've always been comfortable with it like even from back when i was like teenage early 20s i used to love stuff like dark angel like with jessica Alba, but there just wasn't enough of that stuff mm-hmm. and it's just great now to be seeing more female leads that aren't the girlfriend or the i don't know the wife or whatever like you know that have been think... upgraded from something other than a love interest yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i know i know there was a bit of love interest between the two of them but it, it you know it wasn't the driving factor of these movies so it was cracking the safes like and like she yeah. wanted the yeah she wanted to be known for cracking these safes it wasn't about the money she wanted to be part of getting in these safes that was the driving force for them the female so, i saw as the female robin hood she was the yeah. yeah, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like the fact in the cafe as well, when she went through the bits and pieces she'd stolen in the cafe and said, don't worry, I'll be returning these items. Well, except for this gun. Uh, I'm not <laughs> going to give the gun back. <clears throat> so I I think I can see what you're saying about the Robin Hood thing. She didn't really want to cause any harm to anyone. So, it, I mean, yeah, she probably was going to keep some of that money for herself. Um, but, but she wasn't really out to cause harm to people. So um, anyway, let's talk about the structure of the movie and you know the script and whether we've got any favourite scenes and, and if there's anything maybe we'd change at all. Start, start with you, Matt. So what did you think about the overall structure of this movie? I, I really liked it. I don't, I didn't feel with the humour. See, I'm one of those, I'm anti-humour in, in a lot of films because some of it just feels very, very forced. Like some yeah. of it, they say the jokes when it shouldn't have to. Like everything, the structure just felt natural. It felt real. Um, like with the flashbacks, with the story, the way it went, it just it worked perfectly in, in my eyes. Uh, it was done really good. Uh, and my favourite scene, oh, it'd be, I think when he was doing the safe competition and he won. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I don't know that that's one scene that just always sticks into into my head. That one, and um, 
And then like Jasmine was saying, when she was going through the first bank robbery and it's like, it's already done. It's on your lap. Like that. Yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. Um, yeah. That I think was done was done really good as well. But I just felt that, yeah, I just liked the fact that it had humour, but it just didn't feel forced at mm-hmm. all. It was yeah. all, all natural and, yeah, it was just... The organic, yeah. Sorry? Yeah, no, I agree with you. It was very organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was very, very organic. Yeah, so... No, that, that was my probably favourite, two, two favourite scenes. So anything you would have cut? To you be honest, no. No, to be honest, no. Uh, like, no, nah, no. Nah, trying to think about it, no. Nah. Yeah, sounds pretty good, really. What about you, Jasmine? Um, yeah, I don't think I would cut much either. Uh, or anything, actually. Um, as far as the structure, loved it. Loved I loved how it started with him uploading his first, well, not his first, but like uploading the YouTube video. Like that's mm-hmm. that's how this starts. And then we get into his mundane life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of love how they set the tone for that at the very beginning. Um, I honestly, I love the way that this is written. This, this to me, it, it feels very much in the same vein of the Suicide Squad, the second one that was directed by James Gunn. Like, it's that kind of film where, it, you know, you're talking about serious stuff, serious things happen. People actually do get hurt, but there's so much humor and the humor is integrated so seamlessly into everything else that's happening that you don't, like, you know, at some points you don't know if you're watching a, a serious film or a comedy. Like, but it all works. It works so well together. Um, I just, I, I love the construction of this film. The the use of flashbacks, we, again, we it's, it's a recurring theme with Geeks Unleashed. We talk about flashbacks all the time. The problem, when flashbacks are done poorly, it's because they're trying to give you information that is relevant to the actual timeline of the main story, right? Mm-hmm. So it, they're cheating because they're giving you information from the past instead of, ex- showing you that information in the present day. Whereas the way that they use flashbacks in this film, they're giving you information about the guy that created the thing that drives the film, right? Mm-hmm. So it has nothing to do with the present timeline. It doesn't affect the present characters. It is basically background information. And that's exactly what flashbacks should be. Flashbacks should always just be background information that have no impact on the actual story. So they use that so well even when they did the introductions to the ragtag crew like going back and showing you how you know karina was a hacker when she was a kid or um showing you rolf as like a valet driving all these cars like that information you could have done without it and it would not have affected the story or our relationship to these characters as the story progresses so the flashbacks are not giving you new information and they're doing exactly what flashbacks are meant to do. So they they utilize flashbacks so 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 well, um, but also just the storytelling. It was it was always moving forward. It never felt like we were going backward, even if some things were a little bit predictable. Like you knew there was going to be a falling out between Brad Cage and Sebastian. You could see that coming a mile away. But you know, it's it's the journey, right? Like we we know what the destination is going to be, but like how do we get there? Um, so just kind of watching everything play out, even if you knew how things were going to play out, especially since this is a prequel, um, it was it 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 was done, like it just it, to me it was done really well. The way that everything was put together, it made so much sense, and it just worked so well. I I thought that 
everything clicked and it, to me it didn't feel like anything was really out of place in this film the dialogue is nice and punchy um all of the characters and all of their dialogue felt natural to the characters it didn't nothing was out of place um and as far as like a favorite scene other but like that first paris heist i really loved that one but like another favorite scene was after Matthias gets pushed out of the van and then has to go through all that drama to get back to his oh, apartment so and yeah. him. like when, when he spills hot tea on himself and he's like oh my god I burnt off my chest hairs and Karina's <laughs> like do you even have any and he's like yes they're blonde and I don't ever really see them but they're there and they were glorious I was like oh my god this is too much I love it uh, do you know what, though? Karina was hilarious. So, like, <laughs> I just, uh, to be honest with you, there's just the humor and action and drama is balanced so well. I'm yeah. like you, Matt. I'm, I put comedy really low down the bottom of things I want to watch. If I sit down to watch something, I rarely go, comedy is not always the first choice. Like, for me, um, I, you know, I'm action, drama, sci fi, fantasy pretty much all of that, you know, comic book movies, all of that stuff is way above comedy. Uh, but when I do sit down to watch a comedy, it's got to be hilarious. Like, you know, it's got to be, like, the two comedies I watched recently I really enjoyed was um, Vacation Friends and uh, Free Guy. But I really, like, takes a lot for me to sit down and give, a, it's got to be a really good comedy. Um, and, like, this here, there's funny moments in it. But like you said, Jasmine, this script is done so well. It's punchy. and But I think what I like about it is how well balanced it is between the mundane boring at the mm -hmm. beginning. And it's not boring, but like it, the slowness of some of the stuff and the build-up, the setup of this movie is done really well. And then they go between setup, slowness, character building, action scenes, all within a nice two-hour movie. And I have to say, I wouldn't have cut. There's nothing I would have cut out of this. It's done so well. Yeah. Um, I think it, it it was definitely a good time. Like, whoever decided to edit this over, you know, maybe they, you know, the editors obviously took a different view on this movie as opposed to the last one. Um, in terms of favourite scenes, actually, I loved the introduction scene when um, Dieter knocks on the door. Sorry, I keep going between Dieter and Sebastian. Uh, knocks on the door and he's like, oh, sorry, is there a secret code? Because we're bad guys now. Like, you know, and, uh, and she's like, that? And, but I love how she, hand, she actually, I think what I love is actually how Gwendolyn handles him. Um, she's very much like his handler. Like, and even at the one of the high scenes, she's like, oh, I'm calming him down. I know she wasn't really, but well, it was a combination of handling him and, and also... Uh, you know handling brad she kind of handles them all really she is the although brad thinks he's the leader yeah, uh he's very much the leader, the leader. Yeah. but but i love the introduction scene how she's walking them around and um and then uh when when carolina calls <laughs> uh karina sorry calls him a nerd and then she's like whoa way to make friends like i just oh, i love that whole moment it's just it actually felt like quite natural like um i've actually been having this conversation recently like with people about how, how men can kind of get away with being rude to each other like like I could be rude to Matt and Matt be rude to me but because men, men take it differently sometimes to women being rude to each other um and like and that's how so there's a comedy over here in the UK called The Inbetweeners and oh, like so I always think of the scene in The Inbetweeners where one of the guys is drunk and all his friends tell him it's a great idea to paint on the girl's driveway that he loves her. <laughs> um, and 
like but men would do that to each other like but if girls did that to each other like it, it would be a different it would be taken very differently and like and that's the kind of thing like as a youth like teenage early 20s like we used to do to each other and but seeing like uh, not painting on people's driveways we never did that but like uh but you, you but as men would wind each other up but I, I like seeing the difference where karina uh is kind of winding him up and like the banter between them i was like i love it i love the fact that she's giving him crap and again later on when you're talking about oh, did you even have any hairs on your chest anyway? Like, I actually do love how Karina constantly gives him grief throughout the movie. Oh, yeah, movie. like in the van like, in the second uh, heist when she's like, whatever, mister, didn't want to make out. <laughs> like, like, I love that as well. Like, okay. she just gives him abuse throughout the whole movie. She okay. kind of, like, has built up a good friendship with him. So, which and I, lo- I do love how, like, like, to be honest, like, I-, I won't go into it now. Like, obviously, podcasts and stuff, Jasmine would probably kill me. But, like, me and Jasmine sometimes, like, I'll text her abuse. And in the end, it's like, that's it. I'm not coming on the podcast this Friday. <laughs> like, and, like, and, like, but that's obviously because we built up a friendship. But and, um, and I, I do love that, though. Like, when people give each other, like, but, like, natural, like, friendly banter abuse. Like, and I just, I thought that was great. But it was balanced so well with the seriousness of it all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the favorite scene of mine was definitely that introduction scene. I think it was just great how it was done. So um I just want to uh, say two two examples of films like that that don't the one that doesn't play the humor well and one that really does. So Blade Trinity, and I love Ryan Reynolds to death, but Ryan Reynolds did not belong in Blade Trinity because his humor did not fit that film. That, film, no. that no. was bad. But Ryan Reynolds in The Hitman's Bodyguard is fucking brilliant. That movie makes me laugh so that hard that I need my inhaler. That's really like, good. It sends me into stitches every time. Like it's it's that serious kind of stuff, but him and Samuel L. Jackson together is just comedic gold. Like they do that balance of serious and funny really well in Hitman's Bodyguard. I, I, you're talking about um the Suicide Squad, the second one. Ah. Hated it because of the comedy. Hated it. <laughs> hated Peacemaker. Hated it. Oh my god. Oh, we, we really we really liked Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh, I like so much better than the first one. Oh, That's the first one was so bad. Forced humor that had all forced humor, where this movie Army of Thieves didn't have one bit of it. So yeah, Squad's I do think Army forced. of Thieves did the humor better than yeah. than Suicide Squad did. Um, Oh, but I, I kind of thought Peacemaker was freaking hilarious. So this is in the same universe as Army of the Dead. We've talked about different directors. I just wondered, like, Matt, how do you feel this movie compares to Army of the Dead? Like, do, you know, do you feel that this movie actually has a natural fit in the same universe? What, what are your thoughts in 100%. terms of how they... I think what they should have done was this should have been the first film and then Army of the Dead should have been the second film. I think Army of the Dead would have been a lot more enjoyable if Army of the Thieves was first. Or if people haven't watched it, they watch Army of the Thie- Army of Thieves first and then Army of the Dead. I think it makes Army of the Dead a bit more enjoyable. That that's what I personally think. Because yeah, I I like the universe that they're building and I hope we're getting more of it. But I just feel this one topped Army of the Dead. What about you, Jasmine? Um, I, I think it does fit well, even though it does have a slightly different tone it still feels very much in line with Army of the Dead. Uh, but I, you know, I think that has a lot to do with Sebastian being in, in, so prominent in both films. 
um, because without him, there's no real connection. Like, sure, we see Tanaka, um, and you know, eventually we see Batista's character at the very end. But other than Sebastian, there's no direct connection to what's happening in Army of the Dead. Um, so, but like even tonally, like Army of the Dead was a little bit heavier than than this film. Um, there's a lot more violence in Army of the Dead than there was in Army of Thieves. But it does it's still like story-wise and, and the way that everything is kind of presented, uh, it all still feels very connected. So even though it's different times, different directors, different casts, it definitely still feels like it belong like they belong together. Um, I, I think they actually worked really well. I think I, I hadn't thought about it before, but yes, I do think actually it would have been a nice move to have this come out first. Um, I can see why they went with Army of the Dead first because it's the big blockbuster movie. Um, but I personally would have actually thinking about it in hindsight, I actually would have been happy if they'd have released this first, and it would have made it would have made Army of the uh, sorry Army of the Dead a lot more intriguing. I, I actually think it would have been quite cool to have shown this uh, prequel first to see this zombie stuff in the background because you would have been constantly like. Why? Why is there zombies like in in America and like why is this not like a bigger thing? Because I always watch zombie things like that. I have to say most zombie stuff, other than like twenty eight days uh, later and twenty eight months later, like most zombie stuff is set in America. And even when they do show it, they always show it localized to that area, and you always have to wonder. Like I always wonder what else is going on. Like you know what's going on in the world. So this kind of makes me think like when you're seeing the background of some zombie thing going on it is quite cool to see actually people just getting on with their lives <laughs> like <laughs> and uh like you know if you relate this to covid like how many people like you know COVID, you know like when italy was going nuts and people were still getting on with their lives like and stuff like that and it just makes you think like i guess people just want normality even if there's a crisis going on elsewhere so i i i would have been quite happy to have seen this the other way around. Like, so if, if people haven't seen Army of the Dead, I actually think you could watch this quite easily, go first and without worrying about being a prequel. So- I um, disagree with both of y'all on that one. I, am, I think Army of the Dead definitely belonged first in line. Uh, because yeah, yeah. without Army of the Dead, there'd be no interest in Sebastian in the first place. Uh, but I also like the way that Army of the Dead literally drops you in the middle of this like zombie thing, and you kind of mm. just like, okay, so pff, zombies, like let's just let's do this. Like they don't waste any time with build up. Like we have the beginning scene with the army, but like other than that, there's no no build up, no mystery, no nothing. It's just like boom, zombies. Like yeah. Uh, so I I don't know. I kind of I kind of like the the order because the first film makes us interested in all of these other things. Mm -hmm. And so this film coming later, even though it takes place before it, to me, it kind of answers a lot of the questions that I had about the first film. So mm -hmm. I, 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 like I, do, the release order. I do think though, despite the difference in directors, I do think the style was still there between mm -hmm. the two of them. So this felt very connected. And I, unlike you, I didn't notice, I didn't realize it was by a different director until we were ready to record. So, <laughs> um, so, it's very difficult to say this, but do you think there was a message in this movie? Do you think, do you think this movie was telling you anything, Matt? Yeah, kindness. 
much as it doesn't, but I think just knowing, like, just seeing how Sebastian, like you guys say, like the Monday to Friday boring job and kind of just go do something that you enjoy. Probably. Yeah. As weird as it sounds. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. Enjoyed doing what they did and they all mm-hmm. did it for a reason. They all had a, a reason why they did it. But just, yeah, that, like, if you kind of look at, if you have to pick a message, I don't really see a message, but if I have to pick a message. I know, do you know, sometimes I think you watch something and there isn't a message. Like, no. but, but I just wonder, it's, but it's curious, though, to pick your brains and just think, is there a message? I think honing in on your point, though, about, about Sebastian's boring Monday to Friday, nine to five life, and he's like, oh, I'll get ready for another boring day. I mean, we've all been there. Like, you know, yeah. you set your alarm, you get up at six, you, you know, you get ready, you leave the house by seven, you know, you're at work by sort of eight-ish, you know, you get home at six, you make dinner, you watch some TV, you go to bed. And that, that let's be honest, that is most of our lives. So, And sometimes uh, if you're lucky, you come home and you do what you love, which is recording videos about locksmiths from generations past. And even though <laughs> nobody watches them, it still makes you happy. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with Matt, do what makes you happy. That's, yeah, that's makes happy. Like he left his job, even though what his other job was like. <laughs> like oh, I would love to be an act, been an actor. I would have loved to do acting, but you know, I've always been worried about you know how am I going to support my home, pay my mortgage, and all that stuff. And like he's just like screw it. I'm just all right. What his job is going to pay him money to support <laughs> everything he does. But it's just like I'm not doing my Monday to Friday. My dream is safe, so I'm going to go and break open some safes. It, <laughs> that's how I see it. <laughs> I, 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 do you know what though? Like I think this whole you know i i have pretty much have a nine to five i think jasmine has a nine to five do, yeah, I, I don't actually sure do. I, I don't actually know what you do matt but do you have a nine to five yeah, yeah i got a, a nine to five i'm a sales rep so nine to five we're all we're, nine, we're all nine to fivers then <laughs> like and but i actually have to say um having this had this podcast for just under two years it actually has made given me something like kind of it's probably sad to say like something to look forward to at the end of the week so mm-hmm. i think it really helped with lockdown uh especially but i you know i intend to keep keep going like beyond beyond covid and you know ja- me and jasmine will be 70 years old doing this like and uh like, <laughs> like, and, uh <laughs> that would be quite good but like and uh putting my fob's teeth in before we record and um but no i do think though like i think i can see what you're saying though like having the nine to five there's so many of us that want to do something beyond the nine to five now obviously don't condone robbing murdering or anything like that but you know to have to but if there is something you want to do whether it's like um i don't know hot air ballooning you know like i think this last two years of actually having a lot of our movements restricted you know, if there is something you really want to do, just go and do it. Like, just, you know, don't don't be sitting there every day at your nine to five, whether you're working from home now or whether you are going back out to the office or the shop or wherever you, you, your base is. Um, if there is something you want to do, like, you know, go to Australia, go to, do you know, I've always wanted to go to Australia. Like, I've always wanted to go to Prague. Those are places like I really want to go to and I, you know, need to make them happen. So I think I'll probably take that from this movie that, you know, don't just do your nine to five. Well, that's what he, the conclusion that uh, Sebastian came to at the very end, because he was like, you know, when you get down to it, like I just thought of all the adventures that I could have with Gwendolyn and like how different our lives would be if we were just out adventuring together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to tie it back to the end of this movie, um, the movie ends with Dita, Sebastian getting on a boat 
leaving Gwendolyn. It does leave a lot of plot plot threads hanging in the air. So Gwendolyn obviously gets arrested. Um, potentially she's going to prison. Ruby, we don't... Sorry, I keep saying Ruby. Uh, Karina obviously has been arrested. But actually, that was the end that we saw of her. So we don't know Gwendolyn and, and Ru, uh, Karina are sharing a cell somewhere. Um, yeah, no, the whole crew got arrested except for Dieter. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know what... I don't really care about the others, but I want to see Karina and, and Gwendolyn again. Um, although it would be interesting to see Brad in a zombie world. Like, maybe maybe they might all reconcile. Right? So, uh, <laughs> like, so. Um, anyway... Um, so it ends and then you get to sort of tie it nicely. And I do think this was quite cool because I did rewatch the beginning of Army of Dead. Um, so that scene where um, uh, they walk into the, the locksmith shop in, in the Army of Thieves, they ex- actually expand on that scene. They walk in and they see some guy at the counter and ask for him and they go out the back, but they don't show that bit in Army of the Dead. So I assume that they actually filmed that, but then edited it into our army of the dead like we've just shown them at the back um and that was the only scene they showed so when the titles came up i honestly was really hoping for some sort of mid-credit scene um i really you know i really like had visions of like them showing gwendolyn maybe like saying she was going to go after him or something like that uh that's kind of my hopes uh for for uh you know the third one so we know a third movie's coming um but I, I, I'm really hoping it's going to show show the kind of the gang getting back together and a combination of who, because um, the daughter's left from Army of the Dead, isn't she? I forgot her she name. She was the only one that survived. Yeah, right? the and, only well, one. and Omari Hardwick survived, but he's well, going to turn into a zombie in Mexico. Yeah, so, yeah, so he, yeah, I mean, he's pretty much gone. But I kind of hope, like, the daughter, whose name I've forgotten, Gwendolyn and all that kind of team up together. I don't know how, I don't know if that's the plan or not, but man, have you got any hopes for a potential sequel? I reckon what they could do is because how, how he took, he had the money, he had the money, didn't he? He he took mm. the money to Mexico, yeah, uh, yeah, to California. So he's oh, got wait, the money, Omar, yeah. Omari has money in Mexico, Omar, and then Dieter yeah. took money to back to California. So uh, nah, after the day, the bomb. Oh, after the bomb. Yeah, he had two bags. Two mm-hmm. bags yeah. of money. So I, I reckon what they could do, because obviously introducing that cast in this, I reckon they're going to be in the new, in the third one. And I think the cast from Army of Dead is going to be in the third one. And I think they can do something where Batista's daughter somehow teams up with these guys because they're, they're, you know, good at planning missions and their mission is going to be planning to get that money from... Hard, what's his last name again? Hardwick, the Hardwick. The guy that ended yeah. up, yeah, the one that ended up in Mexico with the money. So mm-hmm. they're going to have a mission to get that money off him. Something like that. Like, if that's the way they're going to go, if it's going to be more of a heist kind of feel to it. Um, but I would, wouldn't mind seeing an, a spin off of the spin off of, yeah, um, Gwendolyn and her crew. Maybe not, you know, Brad not getting a part of it. Maybe uh, the driver getting back part of it and them doing another mission. Obviously, I don't want them to find another safe cracker, but I think um, I think they can, they can, the way they've done it, they can have them all in the same film mm-hmm. from Army of the Dead and Army of the Thieves. They can find a way for them to meet. Uh, it could be Gwendolyn going there, trying to track down uh, Sebastian, yep. trying to find it where he is. She comes across his paths with Batista's daughter, they then talk about it, knowing that he's got the thing, has got the money, and then they go from there. They can do it, 
But yeah, I. But are they going to? Are they going to? I yeah. would like them to because I think they've all got the chemistry and they'll all have the chemistry to work good together. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll yep. see what happens. So, Planet of the Dead is the third film, is what it's mm. really called. Yeah. Uh, and Snyder recently did an interview. I think it was either Variety or the Hollywood Reporter. Um, and <laughs> he said that nothing is off the table, including time loops. Uh, time travel, realms to other worlds, portals. So who freaking knows? Like, I mean, it sounds like Planet of the Dead is going to be a little bit of everything. So uh, we'll we'll see what we get with. with yeah, I saw that about portals and time loops. Yeah. I mean, is that is that? I mean, is that again like him just merging genres? So we had heist movie and zombie movie in, in the first one, and then we kind of this was kind of just heist movie. Yeah. Um, like, but I did like in Army of the Dead the blend of the genres. So maybe is he thinking for my finale? You know, are we going to have a zombie... heist movie? Well, a t- well, time travel thieves? T- time travel zombie movie? Is that what we're going to have? I mean, again, maybe. is there is there any time travel zombie movies out there? I don't think there no, are. But, sorry, correct me if I'm um, if I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I think it was in this film. Wasn't there a bunch of guys in Army of the Dead that were already dead that looked like them, and people were saying that it's a time loop? The, when they the original people that went to crack into the safe in Las Vegas, there was a crew just before they got to the safe that were were dead already. Yes. Oh well, they think that that guy sent another crew, didn't they? Yeah, well, but they're yeah, saying, they, but they all died like along the way. So they yeah, think, but they're yeah. saying that that was actually them, and there's a time loop because when you bring up the time loop, I remember there was theories saying that that was actually they, them. Someone did say, and that. they were stuck in they some said, kind of time What if loop. this was us? And then everybody yeah. kind of paused to look at yes, yes. Hmm. So I, I, I haven't thought about that. He mentions time loops. There Maybe was that, that is that the secret of the Guttermerdong safe: is that it is in itself a portal to another world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what? It's making me actually really keen to see this. This movie is meant to be out next year. Like, so um, anyway, not too long to wait. I oh, know. Do you know what they should have done is released it by Christmas. They should have released all three in one one year. That was that would have been freaking amazing. Spread the love, Mark. They got to spread <laughs> it out. All right. No, no, no. I don't like waiting. So <laughs> right, um, they, they do that too often. Make us wait. So uh, right, Matt, out of five, where'd you rate this movie? Uh, if you you guys went out of five, I would say it was a four originally until I found out that uh, Matthias. Directed it as well, so it's gone off four and a half. Oh wow! Okay, Jasmine, four and a half. Same. I loved it. I liked it. I did like it better than uh, the first film. So four and a half. I'm gonna give it a five. Yes. Ooh. Yes. No. I mean, I, I, I mean, there was nothing wrong with this movie. It was a perfect movie. There was like, yeah. like we said it at the beginning, though. There's nothing we would have taken from it. Like yeah. so. Um, I think that they did everything well. The time, you know, the length of the movie, perfect. The script was perfect. The acting was perfect. They had a brilliant cast. Even secondary and, and third tier characters were done well. Like, you know, even, you know, the, I loved, you know, the whole, the settings, the, you know, the, um, where they were based, everything like that. You know, like I love seeing all these different parts of Europe, you know, just everything, every little detail was so well thought out. Like even like those little bits when he just gets up and goes to lunch and all, you know, just the pajama thing. Just There was so much detail in here. Like I loved it all. I loved the chemistry between them. I was like, you know, I, I, I watched this movie twice this week. 
And I was like, oh, I love this movie. So um, I'm, I'm a much now... bigger Matthias Schweigo fan now like, than yeah, I was definitely. before, so for sure. So I, Now I've watched it twice in one week. I won't watch it for a while. <laughs> but I have to say as well, like, honestly, Nathaniel Emmanuel, like, who Hollyoaks, Game of Thrones, Fast and Furious, like, and this movie, I think those are the only things I've seen her in. But, oh, yeah, Maze, the Maze Runner films. And um, she, she, for me, is is a standout in this movie. Um, but it's just a great, great movie. Like, And um, and I do think, if you're not an Army of the Dead fan, I do think you could still sit down and watch this without worrying about the zombies. Yes, like, you could watch this film so. without having seen Army of the Dead and you lose nothing. Yeah. All, so, and all, the only thing you don't get are the Easter eggs that are in this film. That's it. But Oh, yeah, there's a few little things. That doesn't change the story along. at all. Yeah, there's a few little things along the way, but you can ignore those. Like, you know, it's yeah. not a problem. So, um, anyway, hold on. Oh, Matt's there, back. There he is. Oh, okay. okay. Literally, was about to, we were just about to end the episode. I was like, oh, it's gone. So, it just flicked off and on for me for some reason, my internet, but I'm back. <laughs> no, no worries. So, four and a half from you two, five from me. Um, we'll call it a day with the, the review and we'll end the show. So, next episode, of course. Um, we're going to be reviewing the latest MCU edition, The Eternals. Uh, for that episode, we're going to be joined by Brandon from Comics Kings. So look forward to seeing that next week from us. And don't forget, we did start a second podcast series where we tackle some of the most essential graphic novels of all time. Our 11th this one. late to the party book club episode was Batman The Long Halloween by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. That episode dropped just in time for spooky season at the end of October. And our next book club, we're going to be talking about the first two volumes of Fables. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So you can follow us everywhere on social media. We're Geeks Unleashed on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we don't really put much on YouTube, but uh, go look us up on there as well. And um, drop us, uh, you know, uh, I was sorry, I was just jumping into something there. But Matt, where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can Instagram talking pop culture and uh, YouTube talking pop culture. So and you can pop in. Everything. everything yeah, you can pop, pop in, in. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your catchphrase or did you just make that up? We made that up. Hey, you guys are more than welcome to come. We do the live show. Do live show every week. So you guys are more I than actually, welcome. I actually last week, because like, when you do it, normally – it is around the time we're recording. And I think I might have caught you last week before we started yeah. recording. I actually only popped in for like we five, didn't 10 minutes. We did record last Friday. Oh, that was why we didn't record last Friday. Yeah, apologies. So normally when you're going live, we're also recording because it works well for the time difference for me and Jasmine. Um, so I don't normally catch you live, but that's it. That's what happened last Friday. Uh, we didn't record. We recorded earlier in the week. Um, we recorded on a Wednesday, and that's very unusual. We re so we normally record Friday and drop the episode on Sunday, um, but we recorded on Wednesday because we had a few guests and it worked out well uh, for all of us. Um, and so, yeah, last Friday, I remember I sat down, I put YouTube on, I saw you were live, Matt, and I quickly did drop a couple of comments. Um, but, yeah, that was the first time I've ever caught you live, so... And I feel anyway. free to pop in and anyone else feel free to pop in, hit a sub to the community. We won't ask you to donate or anything like that. We, we have charity. We, we do every month we do a community giveaway. I'll randomly give my, uh, money or um, like an Amazon gift card or comics to people that just continue to, you know, comment and be a part of the community, do a subscriber giveaway. And now we've got a trivia competition happens every week. If you defend your title three times, you will win a prize as well. So it's all about, giving you guys things. So if you just want to come in and win some stuff, come in and win some stuff. 
that's trivia. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's good yeah, trivia. Awesome. It's, it's good fun. It's uh, with a twist. If you get the question wrong, you miss out on the next question. Oh, dang. <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> good fun. So, but thank you very much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. I love, I love meeting new people, talking. So I really appreciate it. No, no worries, man. Really Thanks for coming on, man. All right. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please give us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. I appreciate it. And good journey, as uh, as uh, we, we occasionally say. So, And if Matt's seen, if Matt, if Matt has seen Master of the Universe, I'm sure he'll get the reference. So, <laughs> You're not missing much, I promise. Oh, I've watched it. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's what? terrible, right? Well, can I press the eject button. Right. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.